The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys and now, your hosts, Brian Broadus, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kyle Yeomans, and David Hellman. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Draft Show. It's Thursday, February 17th. Thanks for joining us once again. I really, I feel like we've been doing this since December. That was last year, though. Hey, everyone, I'm David Hellman. I'm joined, as usual, by my guys, Jeff Cavanaugh, Brian Broadus, Kyle Yeomans. Brian, who's the last prospect you watched before today's show? The last prospect that I watched, I watched Jeff's guy, Sky Moore. Oh, yeah? yeah? <laughs> that's, that's boring. We talked about him the other day. Right. No, and you know else. what? I think Jeff has got a lot of things that are, that are accurate about him. Oh, no. I think he's a slot only, though. Ooh. I really do. I will be real interested. Like Cooper Cup. I'll be real interested to see if uh, he's not as tall as Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah, I think I said that. He's got he's got the thickness of Cooper Cup, I mean, in the lower body and stuff like that. And I think that's admirable about the guy. I just don't think he could play on the outside. I'll be interested if he can. I'll be happy to admit it I'm wrong. But we've got argument number two here. But it's he's Jalen he, Petrie, and now we've got Sky, Sky Moore, Moore. If you're no, keeping I mean, track at home. No, absolutely. The guy's a really good football player. You watch him play, I mean he makes really nice plays. He catches the football well. Uh, he could separate underneath. You don't see the ball go down the field a whole heck of a lot to him. Run after catch is good, you know. Yeah, I mean, there. But I don't have him as high as Jeff does. Hater. But I think that to me, when you watch him play, you could see NFL traits, and the NFL traits are when you throw the ball to somebody underneath, and they can run after catch, and they can separate in the slot, and kind of use the whole field to their advantage. And I, I think that's a. I think that's a, a. Is that a trait that you put in the second round? Not for me. Where do you have him? I have him in the, th- the third round is where I have him okay. myself. Not, a crazy, not yeah. a crazy discrepancy. Yeah. Huh. At the risk of this becoming the Sky Moore show, Kyle, who was the last guy you this. watched? Uh, I watched Thayer Mumford, Munford out of Ohio State. He's a guard, plays a little bit of tackle as well. Uh, decent player. He wasn't, like, number one on my list. I have him kind of midway through maybe the third, fourth, or late third, early fourth, somewhere like that. Um, I'm pulling up his scouting report that I wrote on him. Frame and length are fantastic. Someone who translates as a guard. Uh, size helps him have pos- position flex entering the NFL. Played left tackle in 2020 and then left guard this past season. He actually played better at tackle than he did at guard, though. If he is going to translate into the NFL, he'll probably be a guard. You can see him laboring, though. Every time it's the snap and, and he's one-on-one with a, a defensive lineman, especially being in the Big Ten, he seemed to have that, that clunky feet, that backward step, and not necessarily the balance that I like to see from a, a top one, two, or three round guy. So I have him early fourth-ish. I haven't put an official grade on him, but that's kind of where I think I'm going to put him. Love it. We're talking day three guys. Cause yeah. What do we do, Brian? We investigate. And we we educate. educate and investigate. Yeah. What I do want to do at the top of today's show, though, is a little more basic. Uh, I want to talk first round. Sorry. It's it's still early nice. in the Many process. Many say you are basic. I, I And they add another word. I won't dispute that, honestly. Yeah. I really I really won't. Uh, but that's where I want to go. And we've talked about this a lot already on the show. This is a unique first round a little bit. Just beca- it, it just seems to be a little bit more up in the air. There's not a convinced, uh, consensus number one overall pick. There's a varying range for basically every guy, with maybe a few exceptions. Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, Evan Neal. Um, but the list of guys that you really feel confident going like in the top five is, is really short, right? So what I want to do is to just give us an idea of what the Cowboys could be facing at 24. I want y'all to tell me who you feel incredibly confident will be gone by then. If that makes sense. We'll be gone. We're we'll not, be gone. We're, not, we're building a list of the untouchables. We for are the Cowboys building of a list of the guys that the Dallas Cowboys don't need to worry about. Evan Neal. 
Yeah. First one. Okay. I think it's only going to be like eight guys deep. No, that's uh, agree. I don't think this... that's what makes this interesting to yeah. me. Is I think that pool of guys at twenty four is a lot bigger than maybe you would expect in a normal year. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think the thing about it is there's to me with always with the number one overall pick though, who do you feel the most comfortable with that has the least amount of holes in him? And if you feel that Neil is that guy, I'm just you know saying how this thing might start out. Because you say there's not a consistent uh, – uh, uh, somebody number one overall, somebody that everybody's talking about. I think that's why they're talking about Hutchinson. Because I think that probably our people are shooting the least amount of holes in him. And, you know, you want that first overall pick to be a guy that, like, listen, this is, this is ironclad. This guy's going to come out and he's going to play. He's going to play well for a long time. You know, you don't want to bust on that first overall pick. And I think there's some questions about Neil because we've done some podcasts, Jeff and I, Dane, you know, we've all talked about this. Everybody's offensive tackle order is different. I think with the defensive end position, you know, it's more of Hutchinson, Thibodeau, depending on, you know, now we're starting to hear things about, well, maybe Thibodeau doesn't love football as much. Mm. So, you know, that's the thing about it. I think the lack of quarterbacks in the first round is what makes this thing really wide open when you get down to that area where we're talking about where the Cowboys are going to pick. We've talked about this in regard to Neil. I mean, he 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 still goes off the board, but is it his size? Is that the question? I think there's. I think the, the the biggest question I have is I think in this day and age when you watch the NFL, and maybe you guys will disagree with this, but when you watch these the really good lines that come off the ball, they get into their blocks, they stay on their feet, they're athletic, they have movement, they can run the ball to the outside, they can you know they can get to second levels and stuff. You're talking about a 357 pound man that at the point of attack is really really good. But the longer that he has to block, there's a little bit more questions about that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cross and Iquanwu and those guys like that seem to stay on and be able to kind of maintain. So if you're looking to poke holes in Neil, it, it's there's probably only one or two things you could say about him, you know. And the others you could say, well, Cross is not a big big guy, but he's real athletic. I mean, they each have their kind of their ways. But I kind of feel like though the athletic offensive tackle is what we're starting to see a lot more here in the in the in the uh, the, the NFL game. You mentioned those three tackles, so Neil, Iquanwu, and then Cross. Cross. Gone. Where do you? Where, I think all three of those. We will feel comfortable gone. with that. Gone. We feel yeah. comfortable. I with do. That. Okay. I yeah. do. Yeah. Where would you put them in your rankings though? Because I'm Cross, curious. Iquanwu, Neil is how I had. So my Neil th- is third on that list. Yeah. On my, on my it, it's all over the place. Neil Iquanu Cross is yeah. me. That's you. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at too. But I could I could put Iquanwu up there as well. I like him more as a universal fit for a run blocker and a and a pass blocker yeah. as well. But ask me in two weeks and I might be I might flip that. Iquanu is the most fun to watch. Like if you're watching He's the draft scary, show dude. right now and you don't watch the prospects, uh, just Google his just name and then like VS like Iquanu verse. Because <laughs> a lot of times people will cut up games and you. Go watch it. It's a good way. Because watching somebody who just is way stronger than everyone else in college football (laughs) is so fun. Iquan is a monster. Nasty. I'm gonna put. uh, Oh wait, uh, damn. Oh, I got. I got worked up for no damn reason. Mississippi State played NC State this year, and I was like, oh, Cross and Iquan. And then I realized they both play offense. Yep, that doesn't work out. Yeah. Now, if you want to watch Cross against good competition, you can watch him against A and M, and they lined up Demarvin Leal across from him a ton, and it looked like Charles Cross never broke a sweat. I'm gonna watch that game right now. Never broke a sweat. So we have three consensus at uh, offensive tackles. Yeah. Yep. We all agree Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau are on that list. Correct. Yes. yes. Is there another edge rusher, edge rusher, be it Karloftis, be it David Ojabo? I think it would well, only be from listening to other people, but like Dane is convinced Trayvon Walker's Trayvon gone. Trayvon Walker, yeah. But, Georgia. Yes, but I. To me, he wouldn't be. So I don't no, think, but he talks to a lot of people. Actually, so, so no, but, but th- don't put him on the list. That goes I'm against sure. the thought exercise okay. here. I because only it want is one hundred percent certainty these guys certainty. are not there. Right. I, I wouldn't say that for Walker. Walker, Jermaine Johnson, Ojabo. Like, there's a decent chance they're all gone, but they're not. To me, they're not locks to be gone. I you, think Karloftis is gone. 
hundred percent, in my opinion. Well, I kind of want him to be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> not <laughs> what we're doing here. What? You're trying to will him into George. George Karloftis, Brian. Purdue, yeah, no, let's go. Purdue. If, if, Gone. If Jeff's right. Yeah, I think. No, no, no. I think that. I think there's a possibility. Uh, I, th- I don't know if he's a Sherlock. Okay. I don't know if he's a Sherlock okay. as a gone. I would like. On. I would like to see because I think what's going to happen is people are going to figure out about Walker. Karloftis uh, and then uh, a Jigbo, a Jigbu, you know, about him. I think that's where I think they're kind of all kind of mixed. And Jermaine Johnson, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's people you talk to about Jermaine Johnson that are going to say that, and these are scout guys that are saying, "Listen, he's going to break your heart." People have got him. The the they're saying to me that the the media scouts have got him way too high. They're mm-hmm. talking about him way too much. And I go really, and they go, no, you're gonna, you're gonna find out if you really, really, really dive into this guy. And you know, they, they have more access to things and stuff like that every so, year. So you know, but they're they're they are all talking about the top ones that we're kind of mentioning. They're they're all on board with the same guys. Hmm. All right, so that's that's five names through two key. I think positions. the two corners are gone. I think Gardner and Stingley, Stingley and Sauce Gardner. Yeah, I agree with that. I think so. I think Hamilton's gone. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, hey. Let trying to, move the, trying to move the show along. No, uh, Brian, you're not the Segment's host. over. He named them all. No. no it's no, done. We're not doing that. All right. Kyle Hamilton. Yes. Gone. Gone. Yeah. Gone. All right. Anybody else in the DB in the secondary? Uh, top two corners. Yeah, top two Sauce corners. Sauce Gardner. Oh, and I'm, them. Like they're, okay. I didn't know if you were going to rewind through no, Brian's I just, fast no. forward. I mean, we, we got right in the halfway point. Okay. I think Wilson, Man. the wide receiver, is going. I, okay. I, I like think that. I think he's a lock. He'll go in the teens, right? I think so. If, or earlier. Worst every, case every, scenario. Every, the, everybody's mocking him to, to the Jets at 10. That's that's where, that's again, if you're interested in trying to move the Amari Cooper trade you know, to go up, that's the place I would start. Yeah. Jamison Williams doesn't last, right? The injury. He could. The it, injury. It's a run-of-the-mill injury, well, it's right? It's very possible. Well, how many receivers are going in the top 24? Probably four. Maybe and, three. And could be less, right? It could be definitely three. Most people are going to say that Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and then is it Jamison Williams? Is yeah. it Traylon Burks? Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you have another name to throw in that mix? Like I'm not going to say a hundred percent that Jamison Williams is gone. So one no. receiver, I think and one. Just, I'm looking at a mock lots. draft right now. Just yeah. by the way, and Jamison Williams goes after the Cowboys. Okay, so. I guess I just spent so much time watching him dust everyone. I get it. He's, He's a fantastic player, but it's... Hey, dangerous. when it was third down and four, who were they throwing to? Mechie? John F. and Mechie. Yeah, that's mm. fair. Mm. Uh, linebacker? No. There no. isn't one? No. Nope. Love. Very possible we two are gone. Very possible none are gone. We'd love to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive tackle? Probably none. None. No. Very possible one or two is gone, but very possible none are gone. Interior offensive line. Interior crocodile alley. Linderbaum, Kenyon Green. I don't think either one is a lock to be gone. I think it's possible they're both gone. I think it's most but likely they're gone, but I it's think, not a lock. I think it's likely at least one is gone. Yeah. I'm going to say you're going to have a pick of one or the other if you want. I Sweet. think so, too. But neither that. one is a lock, I don't think. Tight end, we're thinking no. Nope. Nope. Nobody. Running back, we know no. Nope. Not at all. Never heard of them. <laughs> and what is that? Is that a thing? Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Who's the best running back in the league? Debo Samuel. Put your receivers in the backfield. Uh, that seems like a stretch. There's a guy that wears number 22 in Tennessee that's pretty good. Who led, what did he get, like 4.2 a carry, and they got the one seed after he got hurt? We're not He's doing, a running back. We're not doing this. <laughs> He's Quar- good at it. Quarterback? Quarterback. Matt Corral. I Someone Corral. will be gone. I Multiple, Ooh, multiple guys will I be don't gone. Probably multiple will be gone. Yeah. But I would only say it's a lock that at least one or Possibly two are gone. But I'm who not is the one? Though? Right, I'm not comfortable putting a name on it. I would yeah. put Corral myself if it was me. I agree with Brian. Just you shouldn't always, but uh, hey, I was thinking pick it. Somebody, somebody nailed Josh Allen and yeah. Patrick Mahomes, as you like to tell me. I've also after Blake, every snap of that game a couple weeks ago. Blake Bortles was a bad one. You did like <laughs> you did like Blake Bortles? And the, the guy. From hey, he should have gone to a Super Bowl. Paxton Lynch, our buddy Joey Harrington. You have some bad ones along the way too. <laughs> You really do. Joey Harrington wasn't your fault. That's, That's why you gave oh, Sky Moore in there as he won't be available. No, Sky- okay. did not put Sky Moore in there. Okay, 
So, we'll, all right, we'll just say one quarterback. Two really good short players, what? him and Marcus Jones from Houston, by the way. Those are my two good short Corner? players. I'm going to say two quarterbacks. Maybe I'm crazy. I, I don't know. You're right, Jeff. I think it's likely it's two, but I, I wouldn't know. put names on them. I don't know who it'll be, but I think two quarterbacks. Maybe it's Pickett and Corral. Maybe it's Sam Howell. Maybe I don't even, I don't know. There's no, yeah, two of them go. I don't the, know The football team will be where it starts, or what I call them the football team. The commanders, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. We're going to get to that next because we do still have time, but just to just to recap, okay, that's three tackles, two edge rushers, two cornerbacks, one safety. That's five, six, seven, eight. eight a receiver, nine, and two quarterbacks. That's 11 players. Yeah, and I think that's right. Like You have Board's no open. idea in this draft class if – I guess we did say Stingley won't be there, but like highly, highly unlikely – um, and he's the wrong example because he's going to have volatile draft stock. But you have no idea. Like the next corner, uh, Trent McDuffie, in my mind, is the next corner yeah. at Washington. Does he go in the top 14 or 15? Maybe. Is he there at 24? Maybe. George Karloftis, does he go 11th or does he go 29th? I don't Nicobe know. Dean. Nicobe Dean. Does that's, he go 10th? That's 10th? a very volatile Does guy. he go 27th? This don't is, know. This is exciting because we left a lot of players that we've established we really like off the list. And also the volatility, you don't. Uh, what Jeff just said, a guy that we're not really thinking about could easily go higher than that, right? Like all I can ever think about is the, sorry to the Raiders, our friends over there, but the Cleveland Farrells and the Damon Arnett's of the world who mm. just show up out of nowhere, and you're like, wow, that one team really liked that guy. Where and the, that could where be Andrew Booth today. Oh, they pick at twenty-two, so you'll get a free free guy there. That right could be Andrew us. Booth, the Clemson corner. Maybe he goes somebody twelfth. 13th. Some, we talked about Johnson, Jermaine Johnson, though. Somebody could fall in love with him over Karloftis and Walker and those guys. Somebody could say, well, he, you know, I mean, okay, it's Thibodeau, Hutchinson, and then maybe their third guy is Johnson. You know? That, I mean, that, that, that could very well be a possibility. So, real, there's, your, there's your guy that can maybe come from nowhere kind of a thing. Real quick, in the tail end of the segment, you mentioned it, Brian. I think it's fascinating. The NFC East kind of owns this draft a little bit. They do. The Giants pick twice in the top 10. They do. The Eagles have three picks in the top 20. And Washington is right there at 11 as a quarterback needy team. So I'm I'm curious for y'all's thoughts on how you think that could shape the round and what the Cowboys wind up doing. Like, So you, you think Washington is going to target a quarterback? I think Washington is going to target a quarterback. I really do, unless they trade for one. I think that's the thing. There's two teams you kind of have to worry about that might be trading for quarterbacks in the division would be Philadelphia and Washington. Mm -hmm. Those would be the two. And then that would change if, you know, I don't know if you get rid of the 11th overall pick if you're the commanders. But, you know, if you if in fact you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, then you're probably not in the quarterback market. You know, you're probably thinking about, okay, let's go get some offensive linemen, some skilled players. I mean, that's a team that's very maybe that maybe that's where the second wide receiver comes off the board. You know, someone to, to pair with you know Terry McLaurin and and then Logan Thomas and those guys. I think Philadelphia has the chance to really shape this draft up the most in the middle because I agree with with Brian and the fact that Washington's going to look at a quarterback at 11. I think that is pure, set, and simple. It's probably going to be Matt Corral or Kenny Pickett, maybe Malik Willis if they fall in love with him. Now, Philadelphia, if they were to keep all three of those picks— Which I can't imagine them doing at all. I agree. I think at some point they either trade one of them and try and get something out of it. Maybe they put them all in a big package and they go try and get somebody. Either one of those things are certainly possible— but if they do make those picks, their needs kind of line up with Dallas's needs. They need edge rusher. They need interior offensive lineman. They need a corner, maybe a linebacker. I mean, that's exactly what Dallas is looking for as well. In terms of a team that could affect Dallas's draft as much in the division, I think it's 100% Philadelphia because they'll either use them to go get a quarterback or – They'll try and build around Which the quarterback that they have. I could see – you're absolutely right, and I could see the Eagles breaking our hearts. Like, I'm looking at an Eagles, an all-Eagles mock that has them taking Devin Lloyd, the, the linebacker Utah, uh, out of Utah, Drake London, the USC receiver, and, mm-hmm. and Jeff's guy, Trent McDuffie, yeah. Washington. That's that's three guys that you would love to have. That's Linder. what I was, I was doing that right now, just yep. lining up. Like, if I were the Eagles or if I were an Eagles fan, if I were – like drawing up different scenarios of what it could look like and that you wouldn't like as a Cowboy fan. And I was thinking, 
what if Stingley makes it to 15 mm. and it's Stingley? I don't or, like that. <laughs> or McDuffie as a corner. Linderbaum. N'Kobe Dean or Devin Lloyd coming off the board as a linebacker there. And if I'm them, and Jason Kelsey's been incredible for us for so long, I'll probably take the next Jason Kelsey in yep. Tyler Linderbaum. And if not, then they'll take an edge that you like, a receiver you like, something like that. Would you rather Philadelphia, if you're a Cowboy fan, would you rather Philadelphia use two picks to trade for a quarterback or let them take all three picks? Who's Chase the, a quarterback. Who's the quarterback? That's, but that's the thing. In this yeah, draft... We'll pick, not, 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 oh, no, oh, you no, mean a prospect. Yeah, okay. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. You no. want to trade I want for Watson, yeah, yeah. Wilson. I would oh, somebody, use the picks. Yeah. I would rather they use, use the picks. all I the agree. picks than land a Watson or a, you know, Rogers, Rogers seems unlikely but just for the thought thought of so you want the them to the use thought. all three picks yes, yes. if that's the mm-hmm. alternative hell yeah yeah even to trade it, all three of them for okay one of the what, what quarterbacks it, in this class what if it's for what if it's for wilson what if it's for an older quarterback that might not be in the division as long i, I don't want to have to play russell wilson on a good roster for four or five more years yeah. no thank you in some ways years go really fast but in football, if you have to watch a team that has Russell Wilson and a good team around him for mm. even three years, that's that's a long time to me. The him. first time Russell Wilson's ever had a losing record, I believe, this year, I believe. Yeah, so I, think no, you're right about I, that. Ain't, I ain't signing up. I'm for that. curious to hear the answer to your own question because I think I'm on the opposite side. <laughs> I personally, you know, I would I would like to say I think the quarterbacks. It's such a quarterback driven league. I make let them make the picks. Yeah, let them make the picks. I mean, we all know they're going to get three good players. I mean, you just know that going in, whoever they pick and that those points in time, you're going to every time when we talk about that pick, we're going to go, man, it's a nice pick. They just got better again. Nice pick, mm-hmm. you know. The, the Giants gave a They're very a good spot. Giants gave a very public vote of confidence to Daniel Jones. Do you think they mean that? No, it's the off season. I'm old enough to remember when um, Josh Rosen was their guy when Cliff Kingsbury got hired. And oh, the, the Cardinals. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember when Jared Goff was their guy, and then they traded for Stafford like a week <laughs> later. I'm like, I, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But is it's there a quarterback here that no, they it's, feel better about? It's a nice. It's well, a nice year to have your hated rival have two picks in the top ten. Well, they might be in a situation though too, depending on what Brian Dyball wants to do. I mean, if there's a quarterback that fits what he did with Allen in Buffalo, that kind of a quarterback, you know, if you evaluate that of the Malik pick, Willis, at the, yeah, you're looking for a big armed athlete. That's exactly yeah. what I was. There thinking. you go. Who's I mean, that's what, that's what I'm saying though. It, I mean, it might be like, listen, I I didn't draft. Daniel Jones. I, I, you know, I'll work with Daniel Jones, but if you give me an opportunity to get a guy that fits in what I'm trying to do offensively, I think I'm taking the five or the seven and making that pick. Shoot, you talk about all it takes is one. I'll never forget the the shock when Daniel Jones went sixth. I mean, yeah. that was not something anybody anticipated. So. Something to consider. A lot of food for thought. Uh, We went a little bit over. We want to get to your questions. We will do that right after the break. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. 
Cowboys fans. If you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back to the Draft Show. It is the second segment. You guys know what that means. Beam, hit it. Twitter Twitter on the 20. 20. It's where we try to get to as many of your questions as possible. We'll start it off with Jared. I like this question a lot. Position of need that makes absolutely no sense to you for the Cowboys. You would hate it. Or it wouldn't make any sense to you at all. Quarterback. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> that's, that's the first one I thought of. He said position of need. That was oh. the question. You saying Dak Prescott's not the guy? Uh, no. Jeff hates Dak. No. No. Well, that's Dak why guy. you would hate it. That's Jeff's why you would Dak hate it. No. It, as... He said position of need. That was in the question. And quarterback is not a need for this team. Uh, they all make sense. What, that's why they're positions of need. That's kind of what I'm saying. But if a he, player he, that you feel like would be a reach at that spot. If you took the Michigan defensive oh, end, I thought they would I be a little questionable. Ojabo? Yeah. You were talking about him in the first segment. Yeah, Go ahead. I at think 24? so. Just, no, I think so. I think that would be to me that would be one I would kind of I would kind of like okay let's hang on to our rear here we go you know kind of a thing but yeah I, I just I think there's some things about him I think there's a really raw player I think he's only played football for a limited amount of time it might work out great it really might as he learns and stuff like that sometimes I kind of feel like that you don't have this opportunity to learn and do I mean you need to like plug these guys in and let them play and let them be good. I think there would be a lot of pressure on him. I, I Again, I'd hate for them to force this pick at defensive end if it all of a sudden it turned you lose Randy or you lose Tank. Yeah. You know, and that would be the one pick at 24 that I would kind of like, you know, man, all those other guys, I've, I've kinda, I kind of have an idea of what they could be. The Michigan kid could be a great player. He could end up being great. But right now, I don't know if he could be great. That with, would be my question. With everything we said in the first segment – do y'all think it's fair to say like they should have a good shot at a plug and play prospect? Yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah. And so that's that's what worries. Yeah, at the thought of drafting a project guy in this spot in well, this class. Well, he just he doesn't have a lot of experience. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're say if you drafted him and you already had Tank and you also had Randy and you wanted that maybe because one was going to move on the next year, but you let this kid grow a little bit and learn. You know, maybe that would maybe that if you had time to do that. But I kind of feel like in this day and age, you got to get these plug-and-play guys. I agree. You know, I mean, I, I don't have time for a guy to sit and watch for, you know, seven weeks, eight weeks. I, I needed Kelvin Joseph to play. Yep. I needed him to play. You know, and I, I don't, you know, if you want to keep doing stuff like that, well, then, you know, we're going to be like, there's going to be more questions and more questions. And then when we get to the draft, it's going to be, well, you know, they've got Kelvin Joseph. Well, did he really do anything? You know, he showed some promise. I mean, you need these guys to play. And I, I not all of them can, but if you're drafting these guys high enough, they need to step in and play. I assumed one of y'all would have said defensive tackle. That was where I was about to say, kind of along those same lines. If it's not Leal or Jordan Davis, I'm probably not interested. Even a Perrion Winfrey, who Boy, I like they him take a Leal lot. If they take Leal, I'll be a little nervous about that, too. If I you will want to bring be it. sad, yeah. and I will have a rough next five minutes on the air. See, I don't think I hate it at 24. I think 24. it's about 30 picks early, yeah. give or take. But I don't necessarily think it's a great thing. We've talked about Jordan Davis, and like he's, he's going to draw interest because he's 6'6", 360, or whatever his measurements really are. Really good player. Yeah. Is he a first round player though? And I think we've talked about this, but like that that scene, I don't I don't know how much I would love that at twenty. Well, the problem is, is that's not to me. It's not a question about Jordan Davis. It's a question about positional value. How do you use? It's him? just a matter of yeah. are is a nose tackle two down player a first round player? And that's that was kind of my point. I mean, and to me, no. Like maybe if you, because a lot of times I think you'll look back at this and feel really dumb about it. Because a lot of times I think you convince yourself of certain things. You remember the Chiefs when they drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Yeah, it was like, well, they have such a good team. Luxury. You're cake. just plopping icing on the cake. You can't do that. Yeah, you're gonna look back at those picks later and be like, oh wait, 
we should have picked the best player we could find because then he would have been the best player we could find instead of, oh, you know, our team is really good. But boy, if we had a two down run stuffer, let's just drop that cherry on top. I just I don't think you can think that way. I want to play devil's advocate here because you're you're putting him in that box. And I agree with you, by the way, just so we're clear. But two down player, he's that run stuffer, the middle of your defensive line. Last year, the box for Micah Parsons was he was an off-ball linebacker that every once in a while could blitz. Is there something about Jordan Davis that could be that hidden thing that you look at and you could say, maybe in Quinn's system, he could do something better? I actually think maybe there's other nose tackles that you could say that about. Okay, Like, I would rather have Travis Jones, the UConn defensive tackle in the second round, than Jordan Davis in the first. Because then I'm getting a guy who is a run stopper, but also has a little bit of juice in terms of rushing the passer. With Jordan Maybe Davis, play three downs. Yeah, with Jordan Davis on third down, if you had him on the field, he's going to run straight ahead. And if there's two guys there, they're all going to stand there together and have fun. And if it's one guy, he'll be working his way towards the quarterback. Yeah. But you're not going to get sack production out of him. And so to me, that's not a first round player unless you're a total freakazoid like Vita Vea. That was a first round player. Sure. Because he was Jordan Davis plus. Quick feet, quick hands. Just a badass. Penetrates. Yeah. yeah, like he had he had some more. Did Dallas get crushed enough in the run last year that you had to go out and get a one technique like that? A two-down player? I think they could use that help in their interior. I just, I'm not convinced it needs to be a first-round pick. Is it a need above other needs? Probably not. That's no. how I feel. And I do understand the value of... Nothing with... Uh, it so makes your linebackers better. No, like right, it does yeah. It does sure. a lot for your team, but do you need to invest a first-round pick? And the fact that they haven't had one in a while, maybe it does say well, that at some point you got to use a first-round pick for that. That, has, that seems like a job that could be done for less than that. That so was a thing under... Sorry, Brian. That was a thing under Rod Marinelli forever. Like, we yeah. just never talked about nose tackles. So, with Bohanna, you're going to tell me he was just a six-round pick and don't worry about it? They told you yep. that already. He was watching Carlos Watkins play. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, I'm asking the question. I just, I, I would say, yeah. I think you can upgrade the talent there without spending pick 24 on it, especially since I mean, There's somewhere I, between 24 I, and the six. He talked about, he, of course, you can find yeah, absolutely. He talked about Jones from Connecticut. I, Mathis is that guy for me at Alabama. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about not having to spend a first round pick on a defensive tackle, uh, you know, I, I'm Mathis is a perfect guy for me. I mean, I, I have him above Jones, and, and I, I respect what he's saying about Jones because there's some good tape of Jones. Tags touching yeah. Jones, Mathis. But that's if you, I, I just need a little bit more. I just need a little bit, and maybe you know, is he is he such a great two down player that you just totally turn, turn a blind eye to that? You know, you might just say he is such, he is a this guy is the best two down play, best defensive tackle, but he only plays two downs. Do you just say okay, well that's that's what we're going to take? Nobody's running on us, and we'll just figure out the rest of what he does later. Yeah. If mean, he were Vita Vea, I'm down. He's not though. He's not. Or we don't think he is at least. I don't think right. I don't think he is. Okay, I I love this question from GC actually because it, it's easy to get in the weeds. Um, but I think it's important to remember that people of all levels of expertise listen to this. He wants a little bit more detail on, and we've talked about Tyler Linderbaum fitting a zone scheme really well. Mm-hmm. Can you expound on what that means? Yeah, in a zone scheme, you picture an offensive line, right? And there's two ways people are going to talk about blocking a running play. One is called gap scheme. One is called zone scheme. In a gap scheme, ideally, you want your guys to be super strong because their job is move that dude. That's his job. And the running back, you're going to figure it out. We're going to move these dudes. You got him. You got him. We're going to move them. And go. And you're going to go. And you're going to figure that out. And if it is zone running, depending on which sort of play, but like Dave said, let's not get too far in the weeds. Essentially, your offensive line is going to be moving on a track. Mm -hmm. We're moving this way. And we're all going that way. And they will figure out based on Sometimes you go this way. Or this way. (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to figure out based on as we start moving, who is where on defense – Oh, clearly, us two are going to block him. Yeah. And okay, now you've got him. Okay, I'm going to go get the linebacker. And we're just, we're doing that. And so. It's more scripted. Yes. And to it's a, a certain extent. Concerto. We're doing a great <laughs> thing. And Linderbaum is great as a zone, zone player because he is a outstanding athlete at center. Yeah. And so you picture a play where your call is, hey, we're running to the right and we're a zone blocking team. So when the center snaps the ball, we are all just whoo, going that way. And there is a defensive tackle to my centers 
right. Whew, that's a tough block to make. Yeah. We're going right. I got to get around him and snap this football while he's moving forward. Linderbaum can do it. Yeah, the way, that's a reach block. Yeah, the way Jeff was describing that, you know, scoop, reach, these things. If you get when you get hip to hip, and then you push the guard to the next level, by by being hip to hip, it allows the center, in this case Lindenbaum, to get in front, to get his head across. That's what you want to do. You talk about reaching wide techniques. I think he can reach wide techniques on his own. I don't think he has to always have. That 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 hip to hip to get to the second level. I think he's good enough to where he can snap the ball, step, and get his head across a wide defender, and then turn to keep him sealed off from the play. And that would be the benefit. We've talked about his size. He's two ninety, two ninety five. That is a benefit of having an undersized center. Is yep. that athleticism exactly? To reach, the, the, Jeff mentioned it. The your, guy Kelsey. Yeah. You can watch Kelsey play at Philadelphia if you have the All Twenty Two from the NFL. dot com, the Game Pass stuff. Watch Trav. Uh, I keep calling him Travis. Uh, Jason Kelsey play, and you just watch him, and you'll see some of the traits that you see in Linderbaum. And that's the other thing too is it takes a lot more footwork to a certain extent mm. to be able to have that athleticism to move to the second level. If you're in a gap scheme, of course there's footwork involved there, but it's more power, pure strength. Right. Not only does Linderbaum have the strength to do that and the athleticism to get outside, but he's so fundamentally sound in the way that he does it. In my opinion, he's the safest pick in terms of a interior offensive lineman in this entire draft because of the way he is so polished, he's so athletic, and he has that strength despite a little bit of a small size to be able to get in and plug immediately into a zone blocking scheme, which, by the way, is something that the Cowboys do quite often. At this early stage, I think it would be him or Nicobe Dean that would make me most excited to draft. Speaking of which, got a lot of linebacker questions from people today. Uh, starting with KG, who wants to know about guys who can fill a Mike linebacker role specifically hmm. that you like. It's interesting because I'm... Um... Christian Harris from that's, Alabama. That's the first name I think of. Yeah, I think with when you we were talking Christian Harris is a 6'2", 232-pound guy. That I mean, he's one of those linebackers. He's always around the football. He makes a ton of tackles because he's got a burst and that ability to close. But the one thing that you can see with him is he is super physical when it comes to getting to the football and taking on blocks and stuff like that. That's the kind of guy you need. You need a guy that's going to play downhill, it's going to play with his hands, it's going to finish. Every one of his tackles is just like, you know, I mean, just explosive tackles. Now, he's going to make some mistakes. You'll see sometimes where he won't read it really, really, really quick, but then he's got such a burst in his, uh-oh, I just effed this thing up, and now he's running like hell to get to where he has to be. So Christian Harris would be a guy for me. If you're looking for a downhill Mike linebacker, he's a perfect fit for me on there. Pretty boring. I'm just going to say I agree with the name he gave you based yep. on the linebackers I've seen because the top two guys, I think you're talking more about weak side where you'd like them clean, let yeah. them run. Yeah. And Christian Harris, if it's like, hey, you're going to have to deal with some clutter, he'd say, okay, I'll hit him. You know, we talked about <laughs> Ten, we talked about Tyndale too from Alabama, Georgia. Uh, Georgia, uh, Georgia excuse yeah. me, and you know, and we were kind of all talking about maybe he doesn't read it as quick. Jeff was mentioning about Dean and the other linebackers that are flying to get out of there, that kind of thing. So I, he would be a guy kind of in that next thing. But to me, the Alabama kid is is clearly the best fit as far as that goes. I, I have think. Christian Harris above the guy who I'm about to mention. But have you seen Darian Beavers from? Cincinnati have not seen him yet. Senior Bowl. Great name. Senior Bowl guy. Yeah. He does have a great name. He'd be one of those developmental types in that kind of role. He's not as downhill. He's not as good of a polished player as Harris is, but he has some of those same traits to where he does hit hard. He has some solid recognition. The football IQ is certainly there, and he was one of the leaders of that Cincinnati defense that went all the way to the playoff this past year. So keep that in mind. I kind of, yeah, that to me, and that's a name I need to watch yeah. for sure. Lloyd, you know, when you go back and you think about Lloyd from Utah. He can do it. He can absolutely do that. I He's mean, not really a take-on guy. He's more of a slip, find-my-way-around guy. But yeah. He can do it. I tell you what, the, but the thing about him is, though, when he's like, when those Mike linebackers, when they see it and they go, and he is that, I mean, he is, the guy is super, super, super smart. You know, and you watch him play. You could tell he's the vision to see, the read, the blocks, and then he's he's out of there. That's you know, Mike linebacker. We always talk about the old school take on guys, which I think Harris is from Alabama. This guy's more of a 
I could take on if I have to, but I really don't want to because I'm going to see it and I'm going to go. And I think that's where Lloyd fits in with me. Roger, and we talked about him before the show, Roger wants to know about Chad Muma from Wyoming, another Senior Bowl guy. Yeah, it's I, interesting timing because of what Logan Wilson did in the Super Bowl the other day. Yeah, this this <laughs> true. Yeah, this Muma is. I mean, when you watch the Wyoming tape, and it's and I got to see him against the Boise and UNLV and Kent State and people like that. He's not going to wow you with this athletic ability, mm-hmm. but he's there's some sneakiness to his game, and I mean when you when you talk about. One of the better tacklers in this, I, I think. The, I think the Michigan you know, the safety Dax Hill. I think he's a really good tackler. Muma is a guy that when when he gets in the pros, he is going to be like you're not going to see people run through him or he's going to bounce off or anything like that. So I mean, you know, he he's a really really good guy. I see him more really as an outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to making the play, I mean, he's going to read those keys. He's going to get to the ball quickly and he's going to tackle. His guy is on the ground. It's not like, oh, broken tackle, another eight-yard gain. So I, I wouldn't, like I say, my, my, my thing was I have seen him playing coverage, and he wasn't a liability. So if you're going to tackle, play some coverage, and be around the ball, I, I, I kind of feel like that's a complete linebacker type of player for me. So based off of what you're saying, and I saw him at the Senior Bowl. I have not watched his tape yet. Sure. But good run defender. Solid yeah. tackler. Yeah, I mean question mark in yeah. coverage. Maybe? I, I, no, I mean I, you know, you, I didn't, I didn't see it as a question mark. I didn't think he was a liability at all. I okay. just felt like that when he had the opportunity, it was basic stuff. It was drop, kind of sit in a zone, and then when react to what was going on. If there was a crosser, if there was a guy hooking up, he was reacting stuff like that. I had the Brandon Smith from Penn State above him. Is another guy. So I don't know if you guys have seen Brandon Smith at all from he Penn State. Is one of the guys in the draft that terrifies me the most. Yeah. Why? Um, I, when I'm watching him, I was like, okay, first things first. He's what six two, six three, two hundred forty pounds. Yeah. And so you're like, good body. Yeah. And then he moves, and you're like, oh, like four, great four, athlete. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like a and four then, three eight. Yeah. And then, but to me, that was that was about it. He's super and, reckless. Yeah, I mean, there's I'm no like, question. And, it and, looks like he hadn't done. You know, and, that, and I and I think to me, but yeah, there's but there's things about him though. I mean, when you watch great body, great athlete. When you mm-hmm. watch him play, I mean, there there are times where he is when he gets around the ball. I mean, he gets there in such a hurry, and I'm kind of feeling like that somebody. I'm not saying Penn State's not coaching these guys up, but I kind of feel like though that he could he could use somebody to really say, okay, this is how you play, because he's not afraid to throw his body around. He's not afraid to make those plays. I mean, he can cover some ground, too. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. With Muma, you might get the guy that's the, the steady, steady, you know, and then this guy might be the homer. And you talk about the Michigan guy being raw, and you might hit, hit on the big one. Brandon Smith might be the guy at 6'3", 240 that you hit on, and you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, he's making every single play. It's because somebody's working with. But Jeff's right, man. He he's got some scary traits to him as well. Have you had a chance? I know you're familiar with him, but have you had a chance to tape study our our boy uh, Damone Clark? I have. I have. I mean, I go Tigers. I mean, look, I I get it. Brian, well Brian, I was gonna say LSU Brian and I are both geared up for LSU. <laughs> Come on, Homers, what do you got? I, I'm I'm curious for Brian's thoughts. I think I mean, that's a name that we haven't really said that. I think is a very viable day two type of guy. Well, there's another one of those Mike linebackers. I just had Harris above him, and you know that there's there's a lot of violence to his game. I mean, when you really watch him play, I, I you know it, it's it's kind of hard because it's your school and all that, and he's like, okay, you're trying to watch the whole defense, but he shows up. He wears number eighteen. He shows up every single play. You know, when they have to have a play, he's the Texas A. You can watch the Texas A and M game. The last play, I mean, they're trying. A and M is trying to drive, and he he makes the pressure to you know to cause the incompletions, you know, and stuff like that. Way, way more ability in the backfield than a guy his yeah. size should have, I think. Yeah, I mean, to me, and I was surprised. It's six three two forty five. He could cover pretty good because if you watch the Florida tape, he's just an interception in that game, and he had to carry a receiver down the field to make it happen. So. There you have it, a big guy with some toughness, some physicality, tackle ability, downhill play. You could tell he was a leader of this defense. And this defense didn't have a leader, and he was the leader. You could just tell by the way he played. Where do you have him, too? 
I have him in the uh, – let's see where I have him here. I think I have him in the third round as third? well. Okay. Uh, make that back. I take the back. I do have him in two, Jeff. I'm, uh, uh, wow. Sorry, Dave. Get wow. it together. Wow. That's a compliment, Dave. It is. You're right. No, it absolutely is. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm throwing this out there. Look, I have plans for this. Yes, we don't we don't watch kickers, right? We've never really done that. LSU, Oklahoma, Texas. That's what I learned. Okay, so I just I'm not ignoring all of you that ask kicker questions. I do want to have a bigger conversation about this at one point. But just philosophically, question from Matt: Where would you start to feel comfortable drafting a kicker? Justin Tucker, second round. I can't else, promise you never. that it's that. Ne- ne- see that never. I'll find a guy. Well, I mean, if you will, you. I mean, even Give it's me. just so weird. Like Aguayo was what a second round pick, yeah, and then it turned out he couldn't kick. Complete bust. Like yeah. what in the world? Like if I'm gonna, I think that pick scared the entire league on kickers because he was as yeah. the, as sure of a yeah. thing as possible coming out of Florida State. Kickers are weird, sudden, man. I can't I, I, weird. I firmly believe drafting a guy that high probably melts his brain a little bit. Kickers I just are weird. like uh, for such a mental position. Yep. Are you gonna have a compensatory five? You think for Dalton? Yes. Yes. Maybe that's where you start. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Fifth round is where the conversation starts. Or start watching tape. LSU guy, Texas guy. Digger, there's guy. only there's only like three you need to worry about, right. and everybody else. The LSU yeah. guy. I got to say this about the LSU guy. Every time I didn't think he was going to make one, he made one. The Florida kick last year, in two the years fog. Oh, in, the, yeah. in the rain, the fog. It's because they're college kickers. You always assume they're going to miss. I tell you what, he, <laughs> he you know he did some really really good things, and like I've seen like with the Texas kicker, I mean he's actually you know these guys got some. They say the Oklahoma kid there's yep. an Oklahoma kid that's uh, pretty good. So yeah, you have to probably start. But if you told me that I had compensatory picks. You know that like if, like two years ago, didn't they have a bunch of compensatory picks that they uh, the Cowboys the Cowboys yeah, they had like three. there you go. I mean, there's where you start thinking about okay, they just gave us a they just gave us a pick. Let's use it on a guy that maybe that might be that guy without giving anything away. So that I think the two names that everyone knows: Cameron Dicker out of Texas, yes. Cade York out of LSU. Yeah, they're both training here. Yeah. Uh, Cade York's actually from Prosper, Texas, so mm-hmm. he's right up the road. Is he so. an older guy? If I'm trying to remember, no, uh, he's, he's like pretty young. Yeah, is he he's, young because yeah. he, our punter was old. Yeah, nobody our, knows. Our punter was like 36. It's impossible to know. How could we know? Stop it. Okay, just something to consider. Like we're not done with this. Like we're gonna talk more. Kicker. Oh, we're done. No, we're not. Oh, we are. We done are not done talking, talking about kickers. Kick. We are done for today. We're not done in the grand scheme. Thanks for your questions. We will be back with the third segment of the draft show right after this. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. This is Chad Hennings, former cowboy and proud veteran of the United States Air Force. When my fellow military veterans choose VA, they receive life-changing benefits from the Department of Veterans Affairs. If you are a veteran, you may be eligible for health care, education, and training benefits, a home loan guarantee, housing assistance, and more. Choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov to learn more. That's choose.va.gov. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back to the final segment of today's draft show, Thursday, February 17th. Guys, I 
I think we, we covered what I wanted to cover in the first segment. So what I wanted to do with the last few minutes that we have, and we were kind of doing this in Twitter on the 20 anyway, but I would just love to throw the floor to y'all and just try to get some names out there that maybe we haven't given enough publicity to. You could call it a pet cat if you want to. Hmm. You could just call it a guy that you like that maybe you just want to talk about. But we'll just, yeah, Brian, I'll take, start. The, take the floor, sir. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody in this uh, room has seen Cade Otten, the wide, uh, the tight end from the University of Washington yet. Have you looked at him, Jeff? At I have not. I've seen Trey Kyle? McBride, Jeremy Ruckert, and Isaiah Likely. Those are the three I have, and then Jake Ferguson on that list. But yeah. Otten's next. I have Otten is one of the higher ones of these guys. I, I think that he was banged up this year. He missed several games this season. I, I, you know, When he did get to play, I thought this guy was super productive. This guy's a weapon. Uh, they'll use him all over the formation. He, he's not afraid to stick his nose in there in a blocker. That's kind of where I kind of got a little excited about the guy because he's kind of a fit position, but then he gets movement with his feet because I feel like he's got that athletic ability, but he's got a little bit of that snap in his hips. He's an outstanding route runner, receiver. He just very well with the ball. I mean, he makes things happen with the ball in his hands. You watch him tough run after catch. So, you know, I, I didn't see one time where he misplayed a ball. Everything looked really natural for him. So, Cade Otten, 6'5", 240, a, a tight end, from the Washington Huskies would be a guy I would say to take a peek at. 28 catches for 250 yards. That's Tight end can be such a, a beating yeah. sometimes. He missed, he, missed, he missed several games. If you go back and watch him play some other games and stuff like that, that's where you kind of have to go because he, he missed some games this year and he missed some games because he gets the, the COVID issues and stuff. But I kind of got on him. I just it's just the movement and the and the ability to catch the football and and again, I mean, this wasn't just like a one shot blocker guy. This guy actually, uh, you know, he's one of the better better tight ends I've studied. You know, my favorite question: Where do you have him? I have him right now in the third round, top of the third round. Matter of fact, I have Weidemeyer as a second round tight end. Then I have Otten, Rucker, and McBride will be my third round tight ends. McBride is Colorado State, Weidemeyer is Texas A&M. Rucker's Ohio State, and his stats will be very unimpressive because they just throw to their wide receivers, but he looks good. I think in college football, you're either – if you're a tight end, you're either catching 80 balls and winning the Mackey, or you're well, catching that's McBride. If you passes. watch, if you watch McBride at, at Colorado State, it's he's fed. He's yeah. he's the most productive one, but they don't have a really good quarterback to throw the ball. The other thing about McBride that's interesting though is he didn't have a receiving touchdown this season. He had like 900 yards without a receiving touchdown, and then he goes to the Senior Bowl and he immediately catches a touchdown pass mm-hmm. on the first drive of the game. So, or one of the first drives of the game, he was hungry. He wanted that score. He wanted one. Jeffrey, to show the red zone ability. What do you got? Uh, I'll just throw out a safety name, Jaquan Brisker. Penn State. I think I've said the name, but probably not spent a lot of time. I think Brisker is all have talked about. Brisker is probably the name that I see the most on Twitter from just curious fans that we I think we've talked about him I don't know if we've spent a ton of time he he might fit in the range between cowboy picks for one and two Um, but if you moved around in the draft or if he was available with your second round pick I really like Jaquan Brisker's tape I think he is a full-size dude that is pretty good at everything like he doesn't look like an elite athlete but dependable tackler good coverage guy puts himself in the right spots so he's, I believe he's a fifth-year player, which mm-hmm. probably hurts you in the draft. Uh, so he'll probably be 23 when he's drafted, which can hurt you in the draft. So if he's available in the second round, brisker. But the other thing I want to bring up is because I always want to bring it up is wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Are we surprised? This is my order of these guys. And um, if the NFL's order is way different, then maybe a guy that I say earlier would be available and I would be very happy. I've spent enough time on Sky Moore. Um, Thank you. I'm going to ignore Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams, because those are going to be first-round-ish. I am looking at potential Cowboy second-rounders, and I am looking at George Pickens at Georgia, who his body, and it probably is cheating because of the uniform, but his body and watching him, like the way he's built and the way he moves, you're going to go, oh, I've seen that before. That's A.J. Green. Oh, wow. Um Missed almost all of this year because he was hurt, blew out a knee in spring. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, he is a 6'2", 6'3", with good feet, better quickness than you would expect from a, a big guy like that. Uh, so George Pickens, Chris Olave, people will say wouldn't make it to the Cowboys' second pick. Yep. Dot, uh, Dotson at Penn State either, so maybe ignore them. 
Uh, but I have Pickens ahead of both of them. What about Mechie? And then Mechie is my next one. John Mechie at Alabama, uh, who is the guy that Alabama went to when they needed to play. They didn't go to Jameson Williams. They went to John Mechie. Mm -hmm. And so they're different players. Jameson Williams is more explosive down the field guy. John Mechie is more of your dependable variety of routes, catch it in traffic, whatever you got to do to get the job done, get it done. So Mechie, Jalen Tolbert at South Alabama, who was a great deep threat for them, and I love the way he runs routes and sets up corners to set himself up to get deep. Michael Gallup replacement? Could be. So that's what I'm looking at is the second-round pick. If the name George Pickens, John Mechie, Jalen Tolbert are on the board, your boy is interested. I feel like you're setting me up for a scenario. I believe the Cowboys' second-round pick is 56. I feel like you're setting me up for a scenario where there's like four receivers and that, I want them all. And well, we're going to get well, disappointed. Of course, you're going to want them all, but we're just. The, well, I want to gallop in the second so we can just wait until the third for the guy just, that I want in the second. I just feel like we're going to be watching it tick down and like, oh no, Seattle took a guy yeah. at, at 42. Like, oh, this is going to be a terrible 20 minutes. It's going to take 10 or 12 receivers being gone by your second okay. round pick for me to not want one. Here's the thing you're not only going to have four receivers there that you're going to really want. I don't know if I've been as excited about a pick. After the first round, as I am about this draft at 56. The second round pick is my favorite every year. Really good player at yeah. 56. Um, Wait, real quick. I, I want to give you the floor. Real yeah. quick, Jeff. I, I'm curious about Pickens. Mm -hmm. The pedigree, mm -hmm. the body type. I mean, he played at Georgia, this, that, and the other. He just strikes me as a guy that could be much more on the radar by the time it's all said and done. Like, yeah, it could be, well. could be, and that'll be interesting because I don't think he's a burner. No. Like, I don't think he's a speed guy, but he is a full size, nifty hands catcher, big catch radius, good after the catch. Not because he's an explosive athlete necessarily, but because everything is immediate. Like when the ball is caught, he's one of those guys that it's not catch, turn around, where am I going? It's catch, and he's already decided: am I spinning in or out? And the first guy's going to miss a bunch. Pickens is a good player. Um, medicals will matter. And just how does he fit in the pecking order of receivers will matter. Because based on other people's work that I respect, he might be the 10th or 12th receiver taken. In my world, he would probably be one of the first five. Wow. So we'll see. I love that. What I love about you is that you're not afraid to be completely <laughs> off Sky base. Moore. George Pickens, my receivers. Okay. Well, Brian gets a piece of George Pickens. It's his guy too. Okay. Yeah, y'all always have guys together. Kyle, give me give me a guy or some guys. Okay, I've got one, and this is this is a scenario where either Linderbaum or Green is gone in the first round. And I had an old wise scout one time tell me to go Zion, look at this guy. Zion, his name Zion. is Brian. Brought us across the table. That's just ass kissery right there. No, he told me the first draft show. He said, "Go look at Donovan West out of Arizona oh. State." Yeah. And I like him a lot, actually. I think I would take him as early as 56, but only if you're kind of dried up at the board there. And I just told you I don't think that'll happen. I think he'll probably fit somewhere between the second and third round. I've got him in the second. Uh, very quick. We were just talking about zone blocking schemes. He's one of those guys that's very athletic, has some strength, that power of attack. He moves very, very well. And I think against Pac-12 competition, he was one of the better interior offensive linemen in the conference and continuously put up good tape. I went and I watched um, Arizona, which he was phenomenal in that game, and then USC, which I thought he actually played decent as well. Uh, much better in the Arizona game than than the the USC game, but I really liked what I saw in his tape. Yeah, he's a good player, though. I'll take I'll throw another guy too, real of course. quick. Wide receiver Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati is another guy you need to watch. He's six three, he's two hundred eight pounds. Catch him against Notre Dame if you can. He's Carolina SMU. I mean, this guy is again. We, Jeff's listed. We've talked about a bunch of receivers. But if when you get down in that third round, if you don't get your second round receiver, I think this guy Alec Pierce from Cincinnati is a really, really good fit because he makes a ton of plays down the field. Everything he does is down the field. He extends for the football. He's got you know he's he'll surprise defenders with his quickness off the line. You think because he's that tall, he's not that quick, but he's really, really – that's not the case at all. He could be really explosive the way he plays, and he's extremely tough. And when you're watching the quarterback for – you know, for Cincinnati, you know, as you're evaluating him, you know, he's throwing the ball 
a lot. Rit, uh, Ritter's throwing the ball a lot to Alex Pierce. Keep an eye on that kid, number 12 out of Cincinnati. I can't tell if it's our blind spot. We fall in love with the receivers every year. Well, I mean, receivers I mean, are sexy. I know Jeff. I know why Jeff does. Because it's fun. Well, we didn't talk about David Ball either, too. Ooh, or David yeah. Bell, excuse me, David Bell, Bell. from I Purdue. Love David Purdue. Bell. Yep. Yeah. I just, you feel, and there's so much we don't know. I get that. But you just feel confident that that do you think that is going to be an area of of high urgency for the Cowboys it's just a position that you always have to evaluate for the league you know that mean that's for the Cowboys sure you know me I try to I'm I'm focused on the Cowboys somebody on Twitter got on us because they thought one show needs to be about the Cowboys and one show needs to be about just players should we do that I don't I mean it's your call it's your show I'll think about it but the the thing about it is though the thing that that you I think with the wide receivers is there's such a you know with the Cowboys if it turns into you all you've got CeeDee Lamb yeah you know you're gonna need Jeff's plan Huh. Second round, third round, whatever. Yep. You're going to need that plan. Maybe it, maybe it won. <laughs> that's a good plan. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, yeah. if it turns in that this league is about throwing the football, it's about about receivers it's making big plays, it's about NFL. scoring. You know, I mean, you're going to have to have guys that go out there and make plays for you. Get our D tackle next year. Look Jaylen at the final Carter. four teams that were in the the playoffs this year: Cincinnati, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill in Kansas City, and then mm-hmm. Cooper Cup. Uh, and then Debo Samuel. I mean, well, and, all badass And you can't wide just receivers. name the one either. Like Cincinnati, no, they've got multiple three guys. good ones. Yeah. Oh, I know. Kansas City is two elite receivers. The reason weapons. LA won the Super Bowl was because when Odell two Beckham weapons. went down, when Robert Woods wasn't there all season, guess what? They had multiple weapons to throw the football to. Just bums me out because the Cowboys had, had that. that at, or we thought they. We did. thought they did. We that never one. really saw it. We happen. never really mm. saw well, it. We can talk about quarterbacks because mm. we couldn't block. <laughs> Stop it. That's an issue for another. Day. Chill out, hey, Brian. We we talked about some <laughs> players rush. today. Damn it! Uh, we appreciate happy. Western Kentucky. Y'all joining us. We will be back next week. Uh, next week, combine is already here, my friends. We will be previewing the combine. We can talk snubs. We can talk storylines. We got all that coming up. Thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all next time. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!